What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, your daily CBS Sports NFL podcast delivered to your inbox by 6 a.m. every morning, about 30 minutes worth of news and NFL analysis, Monday through Friday, regardless of the time of the year, to get you through that commute, that gym trip, whatever grind you're trying to live on. I'm your host, Will Brinson. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday to the new listeners Big shout out, because I gotta be honest, you know, there's a, there's some guy out there on social media, maybe it was Facebook, maybe it was Twitter, maybe it was Snapface, my, my chat, whatever it was, uh, begging people on his birthday to subscribe to his podcast. That's all he wanted for his birthday present. And the people delivered, because the, the metrics show it, we got a bunch of new subscribers. Uh, seriously, mom, dad, cousins, aunts, uncles, thank you, friends. Uh, anybody who joined, I appreciate it. I hope you love this show. We got a great, Danny Cannell and I, and Danny Cannell played, uh, football at Florida State. Pretty good football player at Florida State. Now works at, uh, CBS Sports, amongst other places. You can watch him on CBS Sports HQ, uh, cbssports.com backslash live. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Cannell. We're going to do a quarterback draft. We're basically going to draft quarterbacks who we think will succeed in 2018. Um, I'm recording this after we did the draft, but I mopped the floor with him, just so you know. And some housekeeping items of note. We'll get to Danny in a second. Some NFL news, too. First of all, if you, if you like the show, please rate and review. You can hit the five-star rating on, on your iTunes feed. You can also write a review, something as snarky as, um, I love this show. It's the best podcast in my life. You could be like Scott14544 and leave a one-star rating and wrote, you'd find better analysis and conversation between two strangers on a bus who only watch football on Thanksgiving. Thankfully, Scott left that review uh, while I was going on vacation. Thanks for nothing, Scott. You could be Rusty Wilker entertaining four stars it's an entertaining show with brinson on but can you please quit the quote beer i'm drinking segment question mark it is brutal unfortunately for rusty we can't quit the beer i'm drinking segment in fact we may ratchet it up because friend of the program listener of the pick six podcast and employee of brew dog which is a brewery in ohio if, if you I mean, if you never watch a brew dog show it's awesome you can you can it used to air from like 2013 to 2015, but these Scottish guys who were wild and crazy brewers would travel around the country and, and do and visit different spots. They came to Durham, which is near to my house, and checked out Full Steam, and now they have their own brewery in America, and I am currently drinking some of their beer. I am drinking Elvis Juice, a grapefruit-infused IPA with natural citrus flavors. It's a, it is a, a, a the, the, the knob is about a, uh, I would say, I like my grapefruit about a five in terms of, you know, on a one to ten knob. I would say it's a six and a half, but it's a delicious IPA, nice and fruity, good hops, not, not bitter at all, really bright and refreshing. Highly recommend it. The ABV is not out of control, six and a half percent. They got a hazy IPA at 7.1%. Uh, my cousin who's in town from Florida, Ford, I, I don't know if Ford listens to the podcast, but I'll ask him when I go downstairs again. Um, he and I tried their bitter IPA, their punk IPA, great IPA, highly recommended. And uh, there's a Psycho Cocoa, which is a Russian imperial stout on cocoa nibs that I can't wait to try. And I'll let you know how that is. Uh, James Marks, 
Shout out to you, brother, for sending the beer. If anybody else wants to send beer or holler at me about anything else, willbrinson at gmail.com. You can ask me fantasy football questions. You can ask me beer questions. You can send me beer. You can tell me what you love and hate about the podcast, but rate, review, all that stuff. Let's get to some NFL news really quick. There's there's this a, a very unfortunate story that, that circulated on Tuesday Courtesy of ESPN, we'll credit Diana Rossini, who's a friend of the program. TMZ first reported this, but a look, I mean, a dead body has been found at the home of Janoris Jenkins, Giants cornerback in, in New Jersey. And he lives in Fairlawn. He's out of town. He's in Florida. He left after training camp, but the, the body of a, a dead man was found at his house and the man in question has been living at the house. Jenkins has not been there, but members of his family have. And according to police reports, and look, I can't stress enough, this is a, as I'm, as I'm saying, this is a very fluid and ongoing situation. So I don't want to dive too much into it. I just want you to know the facts in case you wake up and listen to this and, you know, you, trying to get you the information every morning. Um, Jenkins had family staying at the home, according to Rossini. He had plans to return to New Jersey on Tuesday to deal with the situation, but may stay in Florida. Clearly, the authorities are involved. They are treating it, according to NorthJersey.com, I believe, as a homicide. And so this is a really strange situation, not the sort of thing you usually see, but Janoris Jenkins' home in, involved in a situation that involves a dead male body and in a, a case that police are treating as a homicide. We will nor, know more about this as the week unfolds. But for now, those are the facts. And we'll continue to keep you updated. But, you know, really, until, until, we, until we know more, until the authorities dig into this and really release information, there's not a whole lot more we can do about it or, or really say about it. So we'll keep you updated as we know more. In the meantime, we've got a great conversation with Danny Cannell, formerly of Florida State, now with CBS Sports. You can watch him at cbssports.com backslash live. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Cannell, and we are going to make some picks for quarterbacks. All right, Danny, welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Thank you for hopping on. Uh, maiden, maiden Voyage for you, we were discussing off air that you once um, beat NC State 77-17. Yes, we did. (laughs) That was what you called a stat patter type of game where, you know, you get in, get your stats, and get out by halftime, and then you're discussing your Saturday night plans uh, throughout the second half. That's, that's, that was pretty, that was, those were the best second halves ever too. Like when you could just chill on the sideline and start like scoping out the crowd, talking about, <laughs> like, those were the best Saturdays ever. I mean, I'm looking, this is, I mean, and we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to draft some quarterbacks as I mentioned. We'll do that in a second, but I mean, I, I, seriously, like looking at this game log for 95. I mean, wh- how are you feeling when you have scored, uh, the quick maths as the you've scored? Scored, uh, I think it's 350 points through your first five games. Like, it was that? nuts. <laughs> you know what was crazy? Like it wasn't enough for Florida State fans because I had the wonderful task of replacing Charlie Ward, who brought Florida State its first national championship, first Heisman Trophy. So even still, they were like, well, it's not Charlie out there. <laughs> I know. I mean, this is, this is, it's... Out there trying to do everything I could. But, you know, we were putting up big numbers. Uh, but no, it was, we had some insane athletes just all across the field. And it was just, all I had to do was make the right decision. Like I didn't have to make great throws. I just had to give it to the right guy and they were going to do all the work. 
that's 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 a fun way to spend the day at the office, right? Especially in college. Oh yeah, yeah. about it. That was it was heaven for sure. All right, well, let's talk about some quarterbacks who are going to do work. So we're gonna. Do, I don't know why I came up with this. It's um something I, I mean I just randomly thought of this. I was like, you know what? I would want and I, the idea. I thought about doing like a buy stock in quarterbacks, but that's complicated math. I can't even add up points from a right. college football season. Um, let's let's draft quarterbacks. I'm a gentleman, not really a scholar, but I'm a gentleman. So I'm gonna let you have the first pick. We're drafting quarterbacks. The idea being for 2018, this is the quarterback you want. And you know, if, if for for uh, the first couple will probably be obvious, but I'm interested to see how it plays out because I think there there are there are other guys that that might rise in the rankings a little bit. And this is better than than doing a list. So uh, draft away and and explain why you why you make your pick. So with my number one pick, if this was a year ago. I would have gone Tom Brady, but because we're sitting here in 2018, because of all the stuff, and I'm talking about Alex Guerrero, I'm talking about the rift between he and Belichick, I'm talking about the uncertainty of that dynasty coming to an end, I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. Wow. One pick. I'm going to spurn Tom Brady. Even though I love Tom Brady, I love the way he plays. I think he's fantastic. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, I think, uh, you know, good luck to us. Um you know, being able to actually come back a year later and, and see how we did. But I mean, the right. goal, the goal being not who has the most touchdowns total. I think it's just like who, like we, if we added these guys up statistically for the teams they're playing for. So you're not taking Tom Brady in your imaginary franchise. That's not what we're doing. Right. But like the, the goal being, and I think that's a better pick. I think you made the smart pick. Um, if I were buying stock in a top quarterback, quarterback, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers would be the guy I would buy because in a weird way, I think he's a little undervalued because of losing Jordy Nelson. I think, um, you know, he's been injured a bunch in recent years. They're changing up this offense. I, I, I'm curious what, you know, from a quarterback's perspective, how you think sort of a shock to the system will work. Because if, to me, if you look back at Ben Roethlisberger, when the Steelers changed from Bruce Arians to Todd Haley, when you look at a guy like Phillip Rivers, when the, the, when the Chargers decided to fire North Turner and bring in, um, Ken Wisenhunt and a new offense, you saw these guys sort of, they'd been so ingrained in one system that this new system, it, it, it really, it, 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 it surprised, it not surprised him. It just, it caused him, it forced them to work a little bit harder, I think, in the offseason and, ch- and challenge them mentally. And I wonder as a quarterback, how much do you think can that, can that, how much can that contribute to success on the field? Oh, I think it's a huge, I think it could be a huge difference. And if you look at the relationship that Aaron Rodgers has had with uh, Mike McCarthy throughout the years. I think it's been strained to say the least. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think he's been very frustrated, uh, by the lack of innovation there. And I think that Mike McCarthy probably got a little bit lazy relying on Aaron Rodgers too much because he can buy you out and bail you out of a ton of plays. So I think any type of innovation, any type of difference that's in there, we'll see, um, a tremendous, I think, I think you'll see a renewed, Aaron Rodgers. And I, I would not have said that six months ago when you saw the Jordy Nelson post like, hey, I can't believe he cut my best friend. But I think you're going to see a renewed like sense of energy around Aaron Rodgers for sure. Yeah, I, I think just making forcing him to get uncomfortable, forcing these guys who are really good at their craft to get uncomfortable. I mean, without disrupting, you know, what you want them to do sort of. I agree. I think it's going to be a re-energizing of Aaron Rodgers. That throws a big kink in, in my plans because I now have picks two and three. And my, my, my move was going to be to, uh, you know, to draft. I assumed you would go Brady and I would draft Rodgers. Never, I, never assume. 
Right. Uh, when you assume you make an ass out of you and, and me as, uh, or, or if you want to quote Steven Seagal, assumption is the mother of all F ups. <laughs> there you go. It's, 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 we're talking about 95. I think under siege, yeah. is, under siege no, two is probably 95, right? Um, must see. Hmm. You know what? Um, this is tough. Look, I, so I've got to go two and three. I have to take Brady at two and he was the number one overall player on NFL Network's top 100, which means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things, but he was the MVP at 40. And I, I think that even though you are correct in your assumption that we could see that there could be, there's some discord going on with the Patriots. I mean, no kidding, right? I, I still think Tom Brady is going to have a really big season. I, I don't, I don't think that he will struggle to put up stats. I don't, I don't think he will struggle to be a successful uh, quarterback in the Patriots scheme. Josh McDaniels is back. Julian Edelman is returning. Rob Gronkowski's back. I think we'll still see another monster MVP caliber season for Tom Brady. So that's an easy choice at number three. Number, I mean, number two, excuse me. Number three is the, is the, is the hard one because it come down to a couple of people. Breeze is the obvious name here, but I think they're going to try and lean on the run. So I, I, you know, he was kind of a disappointment like from a fantasy perspective and statistical perspective last year. So instead, I am going to take a quarterback coming off an ACL tear, and I'm going to go with Carson Wentz, who I think will recover fine. He was in the MVP conversation. He has the weapons around him. He has the offense with him, and I think that you see another monster year from Carson Wentz. So I will take him at uh, three. Wow, look at that. You're leaving some Hall of Fame quarterbacks on the table for me to choose from. So now in this snake draft, do I get two picks now or do you, we start you back? Do, you do get two picks now. I get two picks back to back. All right, so you took Carson Wentz, going with a young guy, unproven. Like who, Nick Foles is going to pressure him. Like who knows if he's <laughs> week one, but I like that pick for you. I'm going to go, speaking of guys, man, now you put me in a spot. So you're passing on Breeze. Who only had 23 touchdowns last year. That is probably, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger because I think the Steelers are in this kind of sense of urgency mode. My only concern is does Ben Roethlisberger play 16 games? Something we haven't seen him do a ton of, but I think with Antonio Brown, I think Le'Veon Bell, they get ironed out. I think you're going to see a prolific offense and I think you're going to see them after getting run out of town by the Jaguars after getting a little bit cocky. I think their offense is going to explode. So I think Big Ben's going to have a big year. And then I'm actually. Gosh, no, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it yet. I'm not going to give away my plan. I'll go ahead and jump on Drew Brees as well. I'll take Drew because they're coming off 11-5 season. You got it. They're going to rely on the run game, but they don't have Mark Ingram for the first four games, right? So they're going to be, you know, Alvin Kamara heavy. But I still think Brees will get back to his old ways and put up some better numbers this year for the Saints. So I'm going to go Drew Brees. Okay. See, I like where this is going because we're both sort of towing the line on how we want to reach for guys with upside. And I think that there are a couple of names, there are a couple of names out there. And like, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, like I, I just took Carson Wentz over Drew Brees. It, you know, say that out loud in a year. And it's going to, it could sound really stupid. I think the Roethlisberger pick is really interesting because when you look at the splits for Ben Roethlisberger last year, before, and, and Bill Cower, I talked about this on a previous show, um, but Bill, Bill Cower was on here and he explained it as it was happening last year. Um, when Ryan Chazier went down, the onus fell on Ben Roethlisberger and the offense to carry the Steelers. And I think with Ryan Chazier out, they're just not going to be as good defensively next year. And it's going to mean that Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown have to do the heavy lifting. And I, I think, I think you're right. I think we see a more consistent big Ben. And if he plays 16 games, you know, he, he your two picks are really fascinating because neither, both Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, Three Super Bowls between them, um, both waltzing into the Hall of Fame on the, on the first ballot, and neither one has really ever sniffed an MVP. 
No, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, like Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees has one first team All Pro. How nuts is that? <laughs> well, the thing too about Roethlisberger, you got to remember when he was winning his Super Bowls, he was a game manager. Yeah. Like he hardly threw it like 19 times a game. Like they never asked yeah. him to do anything. When he's been this prolific passer, they haven't been that good on defense. And he has, he's, he's my biggest concern with Ben is he gets older. And kind of rounder <laughs> is that <laughs> does he stay healthy? Like does he give you the sixteen games? That's my biggest concern because you're going to get the production. He's going to sling it all around. So I'm I'm going to I like my Ben pick, but I, there's a guy that I'm really nervous that you're going to select. I'm going to take him just so you know. Well, you I, yeah, I'm going to take Deshaun Watson next. All right, shut up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, was that right. the guy? No, I love it. I'm not. That's not my guy. Okay, I know who your other guy. It was one of two. Well, it was one of three guys. Um, I, now I have the other guy to take is Russell Wilson here. Dang that's, it, that's the one. Uh, okay, all right, all right. I thought you were going to reach for upside, so I'm going to Sean Watson and Russell Wilson, two mobile quarterbacks, um, modern guys. Now I have made the sort of the risky move here of of drafting two guys coming off ACL tears. So yes, you have. <laughs> um, I'm a little worried about that, and you know, I, I think. Are people sleeping in 2018? Are people sleeping on the fact that when guys come off ACL tears, it, it's not the same as it was 10 years ago. I mean, you know, these, these guys are getting back on the field pretty, really quickly. Um, you know, they're, they're out there playing, they're out there in camp, they're out there moving around. But I think the thing that people sleep on is that it, it while you can get back in nine months, it takes a full year to really get your explosion and to get everything, um, cooking even, the way you want, right? Even like, a year and a half or two years, you know, like it, it's yeah. not, and there's always going to be for at least a year and a half, maybe even two years is that lingering soreness when you work out hard, that it kind of just still bothers you. You know, it's there. I think it's like full two years before you completely forget. And that's where you have to get to, to kind of get back to your form. Whereas you completely forget about what you were doing. So you're going with Deshaun Watson who played all of six games for the Houston Texans. <laughs> yeah. I love it though. Like that's, that's like, he was awesome in those six games, but that often, no, I just, I also just took two quarterbacks who have horrible offensive lines and that's concerned me. I, the reason I love your Russell Wilson pick, I think he should, and this is why I'm mad. I probably should have taken him over maybe even Big Ben, mm. but you look at him. I think he's elite. Like I really do. When you look at like the top three, top four guys, if you look at what he's done with less, the only other quarterback that does more with less consistently is Aaron Rodgers. Like Russell Wilson does the same type of stuff. And when I say stuff, like it doesn't matter who he's playing with because he had a garbage offensive line. The receiving core was like, eh, who's out there now? And yet he still put the team on his back and carried them uh, offensively. Like the, the production numbers he put up are insane. And I still think he's undervalued in the NFL. I think people look at him and they don't put him in the same category as Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, and even Roethlisberger. And I think he should be considered with those guys. I don't know what to make of that. I, I agree with you. He should be. I don't know what to make about the Seahawks offense. So, it, like, getting rid of Tom Cable to me is a, is a net plus. And yep. the, the, the offensive line has to be better. Um, I think it was time for a fresh start for him with Daryl Bevel. But is Brian Schottenheimer the guy who's going to make this offense go with the questionable offensive line and Rashad Penny and Doug Baldwin, no Jimmy Graham? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard sell to, that they'll be great, but I think Russell could be throwing a lot, right? Don't you think, though, that they make the same mistake that the the Packers do and kind of saying, well, we've got a quarterback who can scramble around, who can make stuff out of nothing. We've seen it done before, yes. so we don't have to prioritize at the skill positions, which I think is a mistake because I think you miss 
the top tier of what you could get with Aaron Rodgers. And I think you missed the top tier of what you could get with Russell Wilson because you worried, like they're worried about their defense right now, the Legion of Boom. They're reworking that. You know, they, you know, they moved on from Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett. They're trying to, to, to shore up other positions. And, you know, I think that's a mistake because I think if you gave Russell Wilson or if you gave Aaron Rodgers just one, give him a, like a top five wide receiver, you'd see all kind of numbers put up. I think I think both of them are missing windows, which I think is a mistake. Yeah, I I agree with you, especially in, in regard to Seattle. Now, like they they've tried and they just had some swings and misses. You know, they they traded for Jimmy Graham. I think look, that's going to go down as that's going to go down as a terrible trade for it goes down as a terrible trade for Seattle because Max Unger would have been a huge plus for Russell Wilson and, and that offensive line, and then they traded for Percy Harvin. They they've taken some big cuts and missed, and I think those those misses and the struggles at the goal line against New England. And ultimately, were the demise um, in that dynasty. Are, are you on the clock now? If I took those two guys, yes, I'm on the clock, and I have my two guys here lined up right in a row perfectly because I think both of them are controversial. Mm, both of them, both of them, are going to put up huge numbers. So I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. Oh no, MVP a couple years ago. He's got weapons to work with. I think they've got. Now this is assuming Julio Jones is in in uniform week one that they get everything figured out, but they got Calvin Ridley. You've already got a a depth at backfield. Uh, I think he's got another year of familiarity with Sark, with Sarkeesian, because if you remember correctly with Kyle Shanahan, it wasn't, it wasn't a home run off the bat. Like there was some growing pains. It kind of takes some time for a play caller to get used to his quarterback. What does he like? What does he not like? And I think now that they've had a season under their belt, I think Matt Ryan will get back to that MVP form. And then my next pick is probably the most disrespected quarterback in the entire NFL. And I am so happy for him that he got out of the dysfunctional franchise. Mm. I'm going to take one Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been – do you know he's been top 10 in almost every meaningful uh, NFL statistic, passing statistic for the last three years? Yeah, like this guy yeah, is the yeah. model consistency in production. And I think it's going to go off the charts uh, in Minnesota. I think that if you replace – he's one of those guys where if you replaced his – statistics or like if you were play, if you took his statistics and you gave him a different name yep people, oh how about this how about how about this if you gave him a different draft selection so if he wasn't ooh. taken in the fourth round flip-flop his his situation with robert griffin the third he would have been Washington's savior. They would have done, reworked his deal after the second year, maybe not the first year. Like it's all about perception, and he has been crushed because he wasn't a first-round pick, and because they wanted to see a guy who could throw it 80 yards in the air and who could run around and make plays. But all he's done is produce. Like, and he's done it under the most pressure you could have by doing it under these one-year franchise deal. Now it's a lot of money, but there was no long-term security, and that to me is a huge upside for Cousins that he could do it under that type of uh, pressure. He's a good value in fantasy football too. Like if you're just talking about because people people disrespect him there too. Like he just he just falls and he puts up massive numbers for 3 years in a row. He's averaged averaged 67% yep. completions, 4,392 passing yards and 27 touchdowns. I mean those are 
those are monster numbers. And, and Danny, to me, the thing that, that was most impressive about Kirk Cousins in the last calendar year is that the Redskins, I, I believe they were first overall in adjusted games lost, according to Football Outsiders metrics, which is basically means they dealt with the most injuries. And most of the injuries they dealt with were on the offensive line. Morgan oh. Moses down, Trent Williams down. I mean, all these guys were hurt. And Kirk Cousins, I thought last year more than ever before in his career, showed the uh, uh, moxie is kind of a dumb word, but I mean, the the toughness to stand in the pocket and and deal with the pressure and make these throws, um, you know, after losing his offensive coordinator and and after, you know, dealing with a whole new slew of weapons, I thought last year was his most impressive season. And when you think about the crap that he had to deal with from the front office, Jake Gruden throwing him under the bus saying, well, you know, great quarterbacks, um, you know, don't have seasons like we did. The record isn't seven and nine. Like all that BS, like that was so messed up. I'm so happy that he got out of there. Yeah. I, I have a prediction for you because I've said this from after his first year. I thought Kirk Cousins was on the career path to be the next Drew Brees of the NFL. Statistically, he's doing it. Like he's already about on par for what Drew Brees did early in his career. And it's kind of similar because Drew Brees, you know, had, he was a little different because he had the injury, but you know, he went on in New Orleans and Sean Payton believed in him and they kind of embraced each other. And the rest is history with what he meant to that city and that franchise. I think Kirk Cousins could have that type of impact in Minnesota. Like this is a franchise, like finish your career, bring a title to them. And I think it's that type of impact that Kirk Cousins could have in Minnesota. Young people, millennials, avocado eating folks don't understand like we, like us, you're, I mean, in your, yeah. you're, you're a little bit older, but not substantially older than me, but like people don't, people don't remember that Drew Brees is the first overall pick in the second round. Um, paired with Ladanian Tomlinson and, and the Chargers grew sick of him and drafted Phillip Rivers. Yep. And then let him walk because of a shoulder injury. And then he, then he became this savior in New Orleans and his stats weren't crazy. So that's not an outrageous idea. I, I think the, I'll tell you, I have a, I have a, I, I kind of want to make this prediction and it's entirely random. It probably won't happen, but at some point in, uh, 2018, Kirk Cousins will throw a Hail Mary to beat Russell Wilson just like he did uh, <laughs> Michigan State. Crazy. Remember that game? That game was a yes, big game. Incredible. All right. Um, I'm on the clock now, right? Did you take two? You took, oh. yeah. Matt Ryan was a really good pick. I, I agree with you. He was actually worse statistically and the offense was worse statistically in Kyle Shanahan's first year than they were in Steve Sarkeesian's first yeah, year. It takes time. Yeah. And so, all right. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go to the same division. For two guys here. Oh, no, no. You know what? I gotta go two Homer picks instead. I gotta go two, two Homer picks instead. Uh, this is two, this guy shouldn't be here. Cam Newton should not be on the board this late. Cam Gosh, Newton. That's true. Cam Newton is just too dynamic. And even though he's controversial and he's not entirely accurate, I actually think that Norv Turner's offense is not going to be this, you know, eight step drop or 15 you know, step yeah. drop and Cam's getting killed by these offensive linemen. I think he's just going to do what Rob Chudzinski did and Rob Chudzinski learned under Norv Turner in San Diego. He's just going to do what Chud did in, in, in Cam's first year when Cam was breaking records, chunking it deep vertically. They got DJ Moore added. Greg Olson, uh, is going to be healthy and ready to go. I think Devin Funches is actually going to have a really big year. And the addition of CJ Anderson, I think is huge because it lets Norv do what he wants to do with Christian McCaffrey as, as that flexible running back. Um, and 
And then the second guy I'm going to take is Philip Rivers, who ages like a fine wine. And yeah. uh, with this Chargers offense, even without Hunter Henry and with that defense, could maybe, maybe, maybe make a Super Bowl run um, and, and cement his Hall of Fame legacy. How about like from a fantasy perspective, we both dropped the ball on him. Like yes. he had 500 yards last year. <laughs> like we both dropped the ball overlooking him, which kind of is a picture of his career, right? Like he's always mentioned after Eli, after Ben, you know, after the other quarterbacks kind of his, his era. But to your point, like how much would it change? And I don't even think he has to win a Super Bowl, but to make a deep playoff run, like get to even just get to a, a conference championship game. If he got to a Super Bowl, he would absolutely be the Dan Marino of this era. Like if he could get there and lose, he's there. And if he got there and somehow won a Super Bowl, like all of a sudden it totally changes his legacy. Like he's already in the Hall of Fame. Do you, you just, think so? Yeah, I think so. I think when you look at his career numbers passing wise, he's top 10 in a lot of categories. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. I just know that I think a lot of people. I, Put him third behind Eli, and look, Ben's Ben's first because yep. of the Super Bowls well, and his success. So let's look at those two. Let's put Ben is a first ballot. I think uh, Rivers might take a couple of votes. Yeah, I you agree. Know, I think that's the difference. I think he'll get in eventually when when you look at, and especially if he accumulates some more stats in the next couple of years, and he ends up top five, top six, and a lot of statistics. I think he get there. Any any chance that Rivers is a guy who just falls off a cliff, a la Peyton? Because of, I mean, just because, like, Phil Rivers doesn't strike me as a guy who's, like, eating avocado ice cream and, and, and working on, like, pliability in the offseason. You know what I mean? Well, I think he's probably somewhere in the middle. Like, I don't think he's Ben Roethlisberger. Like, I think Ben has the burgers and beer diet. Yeah. And I, and I don't think, you know, I think, I think Philip Rivers is a meat and potatoes guy, right? Like, it's not horrifically bad and yet it's not, you know, incredibly healthy like Brady. He falls somewhere in the middle. Mm. Um, and I don't think, I don't, I think he's, you know, he's, he's been a guy who has defied the odds. You look at consistency, like playing as many games as he had, starting as many games as he had, like he's a guy who's going to show up. Now you wonder if it starts to take its toll, but I, I would lean towards he's a guy who kind of doesn't subject himself to a lot of hits because he knows when to throw it away, kind of protects his body. Uh, so I think he, I think he's going to stay productive for another couple of years. And, and by the way, Philip Rivers has arguably the most underrated, but arguably the greatest ACL recovery in modern yeah. history. I mean, he tore, he tore his ACL in the, in the damn playoffs and he was back before, tra- like in, like in OTAs playing at full speed and, and obviously played, you know, the next week in the playoffs without an ACL. Uh, it's ridiculous. All right. Who, yep. uh, you're on the clock here with, uh, with two picks. All right. I need some youth. So I'm going to go Jared Goff, Ooh. who, I mean, you look at the the change or, the, you know, the development he had from year one to year two, and you got to tip your hat to Sean McVay, but also to Todd Gurley, who was, you know, having an MVP type season at running back. Like he looked really, really comfortable in that system. I think the, the trend is upward for Jared Goff. So I like him to stay at that consistent performance level. And then we're getting into the territory here where it gets pretty interesting because you got we both still have Eli on the board. Oh, no chance. I don't want anything to do with Eli. We have Dak Prescott on the board. I don't know if I love that. I'm going to go. We're looking for statistics. We want, we want, this is kind of fantasy related. Yeah. Like, like we'll add up, like in theory, we would add up total yards, touchdown. Like we maybe even take just fantasy points and whoever has the most fantasy points from this list wins. Uh, all right. I'm going to go. Gosh, can he stay healthy? I'm going to go with Derek Carr. Hmm. That's a good I, pick. I'm, I'm going with him youth. I think 
Gruden is a quarterback guy, right? Even though you could say, like, who did he develop in Tampa Bay? Because he really didn't develop anybody, and he <laughs> won a Super Bowl with uh, Brad Johnson, who wasn't exactly lighting things up. But I think him and Derek Carr could fit pretty well together. I think they both love the, foot, the game of football. And I think you're going to see – Derek Carr was a guy I really liked before he got hurt. and He's had a little bit of a down year last year, but I like Derek Carr long term. I think he's a guy – in their division, there's a lot of question marks in that AFC West. I'm going to say I like Derek Carr. All right. I, I know. I, I like that pick. Jared Goff and Derek Carr, two guys who have done it at this level. And Jared Goff could really explode this year in, in second year under Sean McVay. The thing with Carr that's interesting is, and you point out, Gruden didn't develop anybody in Tampa Bay. But, I mean, we can throw it back to Oakland and point out that he brought in Rich Gannon, our yep. colleague at CBS. And, yep. <laughs> and, um, and Gannon became an MVP under Gruden like way late in his career. A reminder that sometimes, you know, it's just it, it it's about fit and it's about finding the right guy, right? Yep. And those guys had a really good like they would get in at four in the morning together. Like I think that's the type of relationship you'll see with Derek Carr and Gruden too. Um okay, I got two picks here. We'll do we gotta get you out of here. We actually we gotta wrap anyway because we're we're mowing right along towards thirty minutes. Um yep. so let's each make uh two more two more picks. Yep. Two, two more rounds. Um I am very pleased at the sleeper upside I get here, and I'm going to take the two trendy off-season quarterbacks. One, Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, who is now working with Kyle Shanahan. They added some nice weapons there. What's that? We left him on the board a long time. That's a good pick. I know. I thought. I thought. I thought he might come off like four rounds ago. But by the way, this this exercise goes to show just how deep we're in. We're in a an unbelievable era of quarterbacking right now in terms of having these older guys who are continuing to play at a high level and all these young guys coming up. And, and the other young guy I'm going to take, uh, who I think people are almost too all in on this year, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Oh gosh, I wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot. You don't like Mahomes? I like him, but I haven't seen what if, what if, give me, give me some film you've watched of him where he's done. You haven't like he's done. <laughs> But he hasn't played at all. Like that to me was the riskiest move of the offseason. And you kind of got to go, Andy Reid, all right, we trust you. You know quarterbacks. But to get rid of Alex Smith and say, we're going to hand over the keys to the franchise and this offense, which has been the model of consistency, and go with some rookie who, you know, was pretty good at Texas Tech and he's a gunslinger. Like this seems so risky to me. That's, that, that, I like that. You should, you should, you should stand on that hill this offseason. <laughs> And yeah, you are, but like, n- people are just sort of blindly following the Mahomes thing. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm guilty as charged because I think he's, has an electric arm. He's mo- more mobile than people think. Or not, actually, he's just mobile. People think yeah. he's mobile. Um, they, I think Sammy Watkins is going to be a good fit in, in Andy Reid's offense if he's healthy. Clearly they have Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and then Kareem Hunt running the ball. I have a hard time believing the offense won't be good, but I do think that the biggest difference that people might not understand between Smith and Mahomes is that while the ceiling is raised and the, and the Chiefs could win a Super Bowl if Patrick Mahomes hits his ceiling, the floor is now substantially lower compared to what they had with Alex Smith. And this could be an eight-win team with great statistics right. on offense. Right. I, that's that's what I think is going to be interesting, too. Did you take two there, or is that your first? I went uh, Garoppolo yeah, and you Mahomes. Got Garoppolo. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to jump on Alex Smith while I still have the chance. Mm. Although... I think it could be a rough year for Alex Smith because the expectation in Washington is going to be this guy is better than Kirk Cousins. And you know how I feel about Kirk. I think you feel the same way. You look at his stats. He was putting up huge numbers year in and year out. And I don't know if you're going to get that out of Alex Smith. I think he'll get a good year. Uh, but I, I think it could be a rough year for him 
trying to fill those shoes uh, that, that Kirk Cousins left behind. Um, that my next then, one. You can, make, you can make this the final final pick because right. I don't want to well, pick to wrap it up. I kind of wanted to go like Cleveland Browns quarterback. <laughs> if you'd let me do that, but I don't want to go there. I'm gonna go. You, by, by the way, you know, I mean, I'm I'm cheating. I'll my... go, I'm gonna go so I don't get too much heat from my Giants fans. I'm gonna go with Eli Manning because mm. I think I think Pat Shermer could. You could see a resurgence of Eli. I think the Saquon. Uh, addition of Saquon Barkley will take some of the load off him. I think he'll be in better down distances. I do think they'll get Odell Beckham figured out. They've got the offensive line shored up a little bit. So I think Eli, cause I think, I think the Giants could flip it around. I think they could go from three and 13 to like eight and eight, potentially nine and seven on the upside. And I think to do that, they'd have to have a big year from Eli. So I'm, and we talked earlier about Aaron Rodgers, new system, new stuff. Like I think all that will really help Eli too. Can you imagine putting Aaron Rodgers on that Giants team? Oh my gosh, that would be incredible. And the offensive line hadn't been good, but Aaron Rodgers can deal with a bad offensive line with Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram, uh, and Sterling Shepard. You're not stopping that. Right, exactly. And I think Eli, I think he'll get, now you talk about guys, how many more years do you have left and does it catch up to him? Eli's taking a lot of hits too. Him and Philip, the Philip Rivers do a pretty good job protecting their bodies though. So I'm going to say he gets two more years of production. So I, I like Eli there. All right. The one guy we didn't, we left, we left out there who, who could be a massive upside guy, but I didn't blame us for not trusting him right now is Andrew Luck. Um, he can't even throw a regular size football yet. I'm not touching him. Right, he throws the same football as my four year old. That's good quarterbacks on the table. Which you know, you were talking about the the like we're in this heyday of of quarterbacks, like this golden age. Yep. I think a lot of it has to do with the rules. Like the game is so pass friendly, and it's yeah, and it's the toughest position in all of sports. And yet, I think it's easier than it's ever been because you're not subjective to the massive hits that you used to be able to take and you're not allowed to do things at the line of scrimmage that you used to be able to do with dbs you know jamming and the contact that's allowed the pass interference penalties i I think it's it's becoming easier to be successful and i think the stats are showing that yeah you're 100 percent and by the way look the the guys we let, we left Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota out there, which is not a surprise, but that tells you where their stock has fallen. We left Dak Prescott out there, who's, you know, won the rookie of the year two years ago, but doesn't did. have, doesn't have great, uh, wait, did you take Dak? No, I didn't. I yeah. was going to, but I was like, nah, why not? I got all these other good options. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky is still out there. Matthew Stafford. We didn't take Matthew Stafford. Oh I mean, gosh, we both <laughs> left him on the table. That's the, that's the guy who should be offended. If he listens to this podcast, hopefully he does. What's up, Matt? Uh, he should be offended. And that was, and that he, was an oversight by us. Like that's a drop the ball. That is, that's, that's a bad move by us. And, and, and Matthew Stafford too is like a really, really nice guy. Yes. And like, and like, a, and like, a, you know, he's like a Southern guy who, who is, um, you know, you're, I mean, you're, you're a Florida guy, right? Like you were right. born in Florida. Right. I mean, he's, he's more Texas, I guess, but he still comes across as like a Southern, Southern college frat guy who's, who's an enjoyable person to hang out with. All right. You got to go, uh, do some CBS Sports HQ stuff. People should check out Danny there. Follow him on Twitter at Danny Canell. Go read his college stats to, to see how many times he scored 70 points in the game. Thanks for joining me, man. You got it, Will. Thanks for having me on.